Please stand and join me in the call to worship. Let us worship God who reconciles us to himself through Christ. Let us worship God as Christ's ambassadors. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. Dear God, thank you for your presence here with us today. I pray that you will open our hearts to your word. Amen.
Amen. That's why we're here. Praise the Lord. And we give thanks for His great grace to us. It is great to see you this morning. We welcome all of you here to this time of worship. Take a moment, share a word of greeting with others who are here in worship today. Just a few things I want to uh, highlight uh, that are in the bulletin. Uh, Next Sunday morning, we uh, again gather for worship at 8.30 and 11. Next Sunday night at 5 o'clock, we will be coming together to celebrate uh, Pastor John completing his master's degree in youth ministry. And we're excited for him and we rejoice with him. Yeah. And next week, uh, we have the opportunity to, uh, to actually celebrate with him, to congratulate him. So we'll have a cake and ice cream and uh, maybe a chance for him to just share a few minutes, but an opportunity to, to celebrate. So we hope you'll be a part of that next Sunday evening at 5 o'clock. Uh, there are other things going on in the life of the church. We continually pray for our uh, brothers and sisters around the world who face difficult circumstances. And today, our focus is on the country of Malaysia and uh, the Christians and who live there and the persecutions that they face. We also want to pray for Hudson and Lucy Hess as they are finishing up their ministry in Haiti, that they've invested so much of their lives there, but also to celebrate what God is doing there through the ongoing ministry that they started. There are other prayer concerns. We continue to pray for needs connected to us uh, individually as well as those around us in the uh, circles of our lives, our community, and beyond. here and stand in front of the altar here. Uh, so yes, this is often a, a bittersweet time for me personally. And as we watch our seniors uh, walk forward and receive their diplomas, and a lot of times in my mind, it's, you know, I'm watching them go forward and I'm thinking about conversations that we've had or conversations maybe that we didn't have, but should have. And Uh, Those opportunities, you know, it's a new time, and they're moving on. And we want to take some time as a church to recognize this moment and to make sure that they understand our love for them and our affirmation for them and that we want to send them off with with the Lord's blessing. And so I want you to hear from them a little bit. I know you don't know all of them, but I'm going to put the mic down here at one end, and we're going to pass it down, and they're going to just say their name and where they're graduating from and... uh, you know, what they're going to be doing next year. And then after that, I'm going to have them kneel here at the altar and we're going to pray for them. And I'll have anybody who wants to can come up and lay hands on them. I've, I've asked a few people to pray. I'm just going to spend a few minutes uh, in prayer over them and ask God to bless their lives as they move forward. So first we'll start with some introduction things. Hey guys, I'm Zeb Pollock. I'm graduating from Fillmore Central and next year I'm going to Alfred State for Electrical Engineering Technology. I'm Jordan Mullen, and I'm a, a senior at Fillmore, and I'm going to Houghton College next year to uh, major in uh, PT or physical education and play soccer and baseball. Hi, I'm Nathaniel Sell-Peterson. I'm a senior at Fillmore, and I'm going to Cornell next year. My name is Tim. I'm at Houghton. Uh, I'm going to University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign to dual major in architecture and engineering. My name is Amelia Gilgameister, and um, I'm a graduating from Cuba Rushford, and I'm going to be going to Houghton next year. I'm Courtney Danner. I'm homeschooled, and I'm planning on going to Houghton College next year. My name is Rachel Brubaker, and next year I'm going to be studying in Germany at Cape and Ray Bible School. My name is Gilbert Reyes. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm, un- I'm undecided for next year. My name is Deja Yoku. 
I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to be attending Houghton College in the fall. Uh, my name is Sean, Sean Shen. Uh, my future, I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and my future plans are undecided yet. Um, I'm Chizuko Suzuki. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to university in Japan. And my name is Stella Park, graduating from Houghton Academy. I'll be studying hospitality and Caesar Ritz. My name is B. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I didn't decide yet for college. My name is Jonathan Fasaya. Uh, I'm from Walton Academy, and I'll be going to Holden College next year. My name is Alan. I'm graduating from Holden Academy. I'm going to OSU this fall. My name is Alice. I graduated from Holden Academy, and I'm going to Holden College. Oh, my name is Jackie Zhang. I graduate from Houghton Academy, and I'm going back to Korea University. My name is Hermione, and I will be graduating from Houghton Academy, and I will attend University of California, Irvine. I'm Angel, and I'm going to graduate from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to Miami University. I'm Jeffrey. I'm graduating from Hotel Academy, and I'm going to California State University next year. I'm Sherry Wong. I'm from Hotel Academy. I'm going to College of St. Benedict. I'm Ivan. I'm graduating from Hotel Academy, and I'm going to University of California Irvine next year. Uh, I'm Ives. I'm graduating from Hotel Academy. I'm going to UIUC study for the computer science next year. Hi, my name is Vince. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy. I will go to Penn State University next year. Hi, I'm Nadia. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'll go to Hofstra University for pre-med next year. Hi, my name is Anna. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I will be in state somewhere next year. Hi, I'm Haney. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I will go to Houghton College next year. I'm Hannah Hidgley. I am graduating from Fillmore, and I'm going to Houghton next year to study violin performance. I'm Samantha Nichols. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to the College of William & Mary. I'm Bjorn Webb. I'm graduating from Fillmore Central, and I'll be going to Houghton to, stud to study mathematics and business finance next year. I'm Jesse Tyson. I'm graduating from Houghton Academy, and I'm going to Belmont University in Nashville, and I'm studying vocal performance. All right, so we want to take a few minutes just to pray for these guys. Guys, I'm going to ask you to turn around and kneel at the altar here, and... Family, friends, anybody uh, who would like to be a part of this time uh, here in a physical way, please come forward and we'll, put our, we'll, we'll lay hands on them. Um, I've asked several people to, uh, to offer prayers for us. And we'll just take a few minutes to, to bless this group as we send them out. Father, we are so blessed to have had the opportunity to spend some time with these young people. And Lord, we just ask uh, for your blessing on them as they go now, as they graduate and move uh, to the next thing that you have for them. Father, we pray that they would be very aware of your presence with them. Oh, Father, that you would uh, walk with them, that they would know your presence, that they would hear your voice. Father, that you would lead them. Father, we ask that you would bless each one now. Father, each one of these young people kneeling before us is your precious creation. You love them with an everlasting love. 
Nothing will ever change that, and we pray that they would know that truth deep in their hearts. That every decision they make, every path down which they walk, would be because they are following you, their loved, their beloved Father. We pray you would pour out your grace upon each of them. And we ask this through Christ Jesus. Amen. Our Father and God, this is exciting. All these students kneeling at this altar. Many of them have never been in church before they came to school here. Many kids have grown up here in this church. And as a body of Christ, we've all welcomed them. And hopefully the love that they've seen, your love, we pray that that would carry on as they leave, as they go on to different universities and around the world. Bless them and keep them. We thank you. Lord, let me add my thanks to you for each one here at the altar. Thank you for the ways that you've been working in their lives. Thank you for the privilege that it's been to have them as part of our congregation of your body uh, here in this place. Some of them know the next steps that they'll be taking. Some of them do not. And so I pray that in the midst of uh, this transition that you would grant them peace and your grace. Help them to know your presence wherever you lead them. Lord, as they go, please strengthen them in their faith. Would you help them to remain faithful to you? to find their particular place in your work in the world? Would you help them to find a group of believers wherever they end up that would encourage them, keep them accountable, and help them to grow in their relationship with you? Help them, Lord, as they sort out what you would have for them to understand your priorities in their life and, uh, and, and the thing that you would have them to do. And in all of that, Lord, would you help them to experience your joy and your grace as they, as they walk with you. We ask for your blessing over each one and commit them to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we, we thank you for these young people. We thank you for the chance that we've had to get to know them. We thank you for the chance that we've had as a, as a body of Christ to teach them your word. And, Lord, I pray that you'll take your word. I pray that uh, it may become part of the fabric of their lives. It may become their guide. I pray that it might be a lamp unto their feet and a light unto their path as they go forward here. And, Lord, I I would just ask that, uh, even as you prayed for your disciples, that as they go into the world, as they face temptations, as they face things that would keep them from you, that you would protect them, you'd keep them from evil. And that you will draw them to yourself. Lord, we've had a chance to teach your word. And I pray that your word might take hold and grow in each of their lives. And along with what was just prayed, I just pray that as they as they work, as they go to college, as they uh, pursue their dreams, that they will do that with the idea that the most important thing in their lives is their relationship with Jesus Christ. And Lord, we are confident that you who have begun a good work in a lot of their lives and had it will perform it and will bring it to completion in the, in your time, uh, before Christ comes. And Lord, we ask that you will bring your work to completion in each of their lives. We commit each of these students to you in Christ's name. Gracious God, we thank you so much that you have entrusted these young people to us as parents and as a body of Christ here in this place. And Lord, we just pray that you would give them courage as they go forward into a, a brand new phase in their lives. They have the courage to be who they are. They would have the love to allow you to draw them to you, but also to serve in this world. Pray that you give them eyes wide open to see the beauty, to understand complexity, to use their minds well for you, but also to see the pain and the need. And pray that you'd give them the sensitivity to be those people that are used by you to um, 
bring restoration and redemption to make this place more and more what you intended in the first place. Thank you that you invite us to participate in your work and pray that they would hear that call. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, please join me in the reading of the Old Testament. It is Psalm 14. Hear the word of the Lord. The fool says in heart, there is no God. They are corrupt, their deeds are vile, there is no one who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on all mankind to see if there are any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned away, all have become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do all these evildoers do nothing? They devour my people as though eating bread. They never call on the Lord, but they are overwhelmed with dread. For God is present in the company of the righteous. You evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores his people, let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. This is the word of the Lord. Please join me in the prayer of confession that is printed in your bulletin. Almighty God, who has created all people, we acknowledge that we do not see as you do people who are different from us. We confess that we struggle with bias and prejudice toward people whose skin color is different from ours, whose nationality is different from ours, whose language is different from ours. Forgive us for our sin of arrogance that blinds us to the unique blessing of others. Open our eyes to see each other as you see. Fill us with joy and gratitude for all of the different ways in which you create us and love us. Through Christ. Amen. At this time, the usher will come forward to take our tithes and offering. Please join me in the doxology. Dear Lord, thank you for all that you give us, and I pray that you will help us to know when to give back. Amen.
opportunity to offer our prayers to God. As we pray together, if you would like to use the altar rail as a place where you offer your prayers, please come and join me. Holy Father, we come today to offer our words of praise and adoration, our songs of joy and celebration. We come with all of our hearts declaring that you are God, that all is in your hands, and we bow before you. Lord, as we pray today, we offer prayers for those among us who struggle with ailments of body, mind, spirit, and soul. We pray today for Joe Middleton and Bev Rett, for Edna Howard and Linda Roth, for Micah Christensen, for Bill Roski, for Crystal Blake and Emily Crickler, and for others who are on our minds and hearts today. We ask for your healing upon each of them. We pray that you will comfort all who grieve, and we think especially of Seth Taylor's family at the death of his father this week. And for others, Lord, we pray that we will sense your spirit comforting us in our grief, in our pain. We pray for your mercy in our homes and in all of our relationships And ask that you will restore all that is broken. That you will heal where there is pain and heartache. Father, on this Memorial Day weekend, we thank you for the men and women who have given their lives for our freedom. We pray for every heart that is broken by the horrors of war every mind that is anxious and worried and fearful because 
one we love is in a dangerous place. We pray for your protection upon our soldiers throughout the world. We pray for an end to violence and to war, for an end to cruelty and hate, for an end to greed and all that makes armies and taking up arms even a necessity. We pray for the peace of your spirit in this world of chaos and for freedom through your Holy Spirit in every place where bondage reigns. We pray this especially today for our brothers and sisters in Malaysia, those who are facing threats and the reality of re-education centers that are intended to turn them from you And we ask that you will give to our brothers and sisters strength beyond themselves. Give them hope in the power of your spirit. Give them assurance that you are with them, that they are not forgotten, and that all is in your hands. We pray, Father, for Hudson and Lucy. Thank you for all that's been accomplished through their work in Haiti. And in this blessed yet bittersweet time, may they sense that you are at work doing more than they could have ever dreamed or imagined. Almighty God, thank you for the privilege of prayer, for this means of knowing you and your love in deeper ways, for this means of hearing your voice, discerning your will, following your lead in all that we do. We offer this prayer as we do all of our prayers in the loving name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. If you would now please join me in the New Testament reading, which is Romans 3, 9 through 20. What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that the Jews and the Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers is on their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Ruin and misery mark their ways. And the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. This is the word of the Lord.
Pastor John told me roughly a thousand times that I'd learn a lot from working on this sermon. I never really doubted that I would learn something, but it seemed like the passage I'd chosen didn't have as much relevance to my life as I'd hoped. Please don't think this means that I think only bits and pieces of the Bible are applicable to me. I was only just struggling to find the connection. Imagine that, a high schooler was struggling to understand how something an adult said could ever possibly pertain to her own incredibly dramatic and special life. (laughs) This past weekend, I was trying to work on some sort of outline for the sermon as my senior class made the eight-hour trek to Washington, D.C. on a tour bus. But in the end, I only worried myself into a giant, tangled mess of stress and inferiority complexes until I had to give up and join in the game of, how much longer till we get there, Mr. Nichols, (laughs) to distract myself. We arrived in the city, and not so surprisingly, I immediately forgot about everything, except for traipsing across Washington, D.C. and painting it the color of Samantha in summer. Later in the evening, though, as my classmates settled down and we boarded the bus to head back to our hotel, a few of my friends struck up a small conversation about a fairly controversial theological topic. Even though I was really tired and would have been happy to just watch the city lights pass by outside of the window, I listened intently and eventually piped in myself. The conversation went on and on, and back and forth and up and down. We talked and talked about our dim understandings and opinions of all sorts of theology as topics continued to spark more topics. Though there was never any animosity present in the conversation, every time one of my suggestions was questioned, I grew more frustrated, more angry, and more unhappy with my friends. I felt tense and scared and tired of needing to be defensive. I got so angry with them. I never said anything to tell them of my anger, but I think we all knew how each of us was feeling. I felt, and in fact wanted to be separated from them, because it was all just so trying, and I knew it wouldn't be much longer before I started getting mean. It's a sad sort of funny that, as we were discussing theology, an act which should strengthen our relationship with our Father, we were pushing each other away in an atmosphere of tension and resentment, and by doing so, destroying the very relationship we were trying to strengthen in the first place. All along through my sermon contemplation time, I had been thinking, this passage isn't very applicable. I feel like my problems all have to do with humility, or I suppose the lack thereof. Not what this passage is talking about. I am truly so embarrassed by how long it took me to realize this passage has everything to do with humility. It has everything to do with humility, and it has everything to do with me, Samantha Nichols, member of the human race. Romans 3, 9-20 says this, What shall we conclude then? Do we have any advantage? Not at all, for we have already made the charge that Jews and Gentiles alike are all under the power of sin. As it is written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. All have turned away. They have together become worthless. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves, their tongues practice deceit, the poison of vipers is on their lips, their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood, ruin and misery mark their ways, and the way of peace they do not know. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that whatever the law says, it says to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of our sin. That almost hurts to hear, doesn't it? It feels sort of like sprinting along and then 
slipping in the dewy grass and having the wind knocked right out of our mortal lungs. I believe that was one of Paul's intended responses to his writing. When he wrote his letter to the Romans, he had several goals in mind. He began the letter by commending the Christians of Rome after having heard of their strong faith all throughout his travels. But very quickly, he goes on to explain his understanding of the gospel in order to set a few things straight in their minds. Before Paul came along, many false apostles had already passed through, spreading deceitful and incorrect teachings of the law. Because of this, Paul writes his letter to remind the people of the true faith of the gospel. The other driving force behind his writings is to address the issue of the Jew-Gentile debate. Jews tended to believe that because they followed Jewish law, that they would be closer to God than the newly Christian Gentiles. Paul sets out to explain in Romans 2, a man is not a Jew if he is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a man is a Jew if he is one inwardly, and circumcision is circumcision of the heart, by the Spirit, not by the written code. He's saying that matters of salvation and closeness to God have much more to do with the true states of our hearts than the correct obedience of ritual and law. Jews and Gentiles are equal in humanity, in sin, and as children of God. Though Paul wrote this letter directly to the Roman people, the letter, the letter was never supposed to reach only their ears. It was never meant to end there. It was not a letter we might write to our younger siblings while away at college, extending wisdom meant only for them. It was a message intended to transcend time, circumstance, and character. God was using Paul to speak to me, to you, to our neighbors, just as much as he was using him to speak to the Romans. So to my elders, I urge you, the next time you are sitting around the dinner table and the conversation sways in a theological direction, remember that you are pursuing good, not proving that you are right. To my contemporaries, I urge you the next time you're looking at the stars with your friends, questioning your existence, and spitting out an awkward adolescent blend of you, your parents, and your favorite artist's opinions, I urge you to remember that you are pursuing good, not proving that you are right. And to myself, I urge, the next time I sit in a Bible class, my face turning the color of my angry passion, to remember that I am pursuing good, not proving that I am right. For we must all remember that none of us is righteous, not even one. I think we're often guilty of assuming that there is one righteous person and that that person is clearly us. We imagine that God is always on our side of the argument, that if only he were here, he'd set things straight and let everyone know that our theology is correct, that we are the righteous one. But the thing is, we are all alike under the power of sin. Jews and Gentiles, old teachers and young students, males and females, Protestants and Catholics. We are all fallen. We are all those awful things Paul said, and more. When being right matters more than humbling ourselves before God, Scripture tells us that our tongues practice deceit. Ruin and misery mark our ways, and the way of peace we do not know. Though it seems unfortunate that no amount of correct observance or understanding of the law will bring us out of our shame and unworthiness, we should feel wonderfully fortunate that we have a Father in heaven to help us with that very mess, a Father who has undying love and overwhelming mercy for us, sinful though we are. In one of John Wesley's sermons, entitled On Living Without God, he addresses a similar thought with much more eloquence and clarity than I ever could hope to. So rather than borrow ideas from it, I will share it all. He says, I believe the merciful God regards the lives and tempers of men more than their ideas. 
I believe he respects the goodness of the heart rather than the clearness of the head, and that if the heart of a man be filled by the grace of God and the power of his spirit, with the humble, gentle, patient love of God and man, God will not cast him into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels, because his ideas are not clear, or because his conceptions are confused. Without holiness, I own, no man shall see the Lord, but I dare not add or clear ideas. On the bus that day, I believe that had we all been more thoughtful of this truth, my friends and I might have benefited much more from our discussion. Had we instead viewed it as a team working together to solve a puzzle, or had used our different backgrounds, perceptions, and ideas to make the discussion more of a chorus of melodies and harmonies that create fascinating music, we may have been able to see more of the love and beauty and less of the hurt and frustration. We may have been able to use theology for its intended, valuable purpose of seeing the Lord our God more clearly through fellowship with each other. We as Christians must remember to focus every one of these discussions, and indeed every conversation, on the pursuit of God, for he is the ultimate truth and the supreme love. And we must also remember that our need for the correct theology will not ever even come close to surpassing our need for mercy and love. Please pray with me. Father, I pray that just as you have used me to give this message to the people of this church, that you use us all to pass the message on through our words and actions. I thank you for the opportunities that we have to discuss our varied understandings of your love. And I pray that we use those opportunities to further your work in our lives and to glorify you. Thank you for your overwhelming grace and undying love for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we pray. Amen. Please stand and sing with us. Your voice it thunders, the oaks start twisting, the forest sounds with cedars breaking. The waters see you and start their riding. From the depths, the song is rising. Down, rising from the ground. Holy, 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 holy Lord. The earth is yours and sing it. Holy, holy, holy. Yeah. 
receive the benediction. As you go this week, pursue God. And may you live each moment with a clear grasp of his overwhelming grace and his undying love to you. Amen.